Chapter Twelve of Uncle's Dream by Fedor Dostoevsky, translated by Frederick Weeshaw. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Greg Giordano. Chapter Twelve. Here we all are, all of us, come to spend the evening. Proskovia Ilanishna is coming too and louisa karlovna and all cried mrs antipova as she entered the salon and looked hungrily round she was a neat pretty little woman she was well dressed and knew it she looked greedily around as i say because she had an idea that the prince and zina were hidden together somewhere about the room yes and katerina petrovna and filisada mikhailovna are coming as well added natalia dmitrievna a huge woman whose figure had pleased the prince so much and who looked more like a grenadier than anything else this monster had been hand in glove with little mrs antipova for the last three weeks they were now quite inseparable natalia looked as though she could pick her little friend up and swallow her bones and all without thinking i need not say with what rapture i welcome you both to my house and for a whole evening too piped maria alexandrovna a little recovered from her first shock of amazement but do tell me what miracle is it that has brought you all to-day when i had quite despaired of ever seeing any one of you in my house again oh oh my dear maria alexandrovna said natalia very affectedly but sweetly the attributes of sweetness and affectation were a curious contrast to her personal appearance you see dearest maria alexandrovna chirped mrs antipova we really must get on with the private theatricals question it was only this very day that peter mikhailovitch was saying how bad it was of us to have made no progress towards rehearsing and so on and that it was quite time we brought all our silly squabbles to an end well four of us got together to-day and then it struck us let's all go to maria alexandrovna's and settle the matter once for all so natalia dimitrovna let all the rest know that we were to meet here we'll soon settle it i don't think we should allow it to be said that we do nothing but squabble over the preliminaries and get no farther do you dear maria alexandrovna she added playfully and kissing our heroine affectionately. Goodness me, Zenaida, I declare you grow prettier every day. And she betook herself to embracing Zina with equal affection. She has nothing else to do but sit and grow more and more beautiful, said Natalia, with great sweetness, rubbing her huge hands together. Oh, the devil take them all! They know I care nothing about private theatricals, cursed magpies, reflected Maria, alexandrovna beside herself with rage especially dear is that delightful prince is with you just now you know there is a private theatre in his house at donchanoff and we have discovered that somewhere or other there there are a lot of old theatrical properties and decorations and scenery the prince was at my house to-day but i was so surprised to see him that it all went clean out of my head and i forgot to ask him now we'll broach the subject before him 
you must support me and we'll persuade him to send us all the old rubbish that can be found we want to get the prince to come and see the play too he is sure to subscribe isn't he as it is for the poor perhaps he would even take a part he is such a dear kind willing old man if only he did it would make the fortune of our play of course he will take a part why he can be made to play any part remarked natalia significantly mrs antipova had not exaggerated guests poured in every moment maria alexandrovna hardly had time to receive one lot and make the usual exclamations of surprise and delight exacted by the laws of etiquette before another arrival would be announced i will not undertake to describe all these good people i will only remark that every one of them on arrival looked about her cunningly and that every face bore an expression of expectation and impatience some of them came with the distinct intention of witnessing some scene of a delightfully scandalous nature and were prepared to be very angry indeed if it should turn out that they were obliged to leave the house without the gratification of their hopes all behaved in the most amiable and affectionate manner towards their hostess but maria alexandrovna firmly braced her nerves for battle many apparently natural and innocent questions were asked about the prince but in each one might be detected some hint or insinuation tea came in and people moved about and changed places one group surrounded the piano zina was requested to play and sing but answered dryly that she was not quite well and the paleness of her face bore out this assertion inquiries were made for moskaliakoff and these inquiries were addressed to zina maria alexandrovna proved that she had the eyes and ears of ten ordinary mortals she saw and heard all that was going on in every corner of the room she heard and answered every question asked and answered readily and cleverly she was dreadfully anxious about zina however and wondered why she did not leave the room as she usually did on such occasions poor afanasy came in for his share of notice too it was the custom of these amiable people of mordasoff to do their best to set maria alexandrovna and her husband by the ears but to-day there were hopes of extracting valuable news and secrets out of the candid simplicity of the latter maria alexandrovna watched the state of siege into which the wretched afanasy was thrown with great anxiety he was answering hm to all questions put to him as instructed but with so wretched an expression and so extremely artificial a mien that maria alexandrovna could barely restrain her wrath maria alexandrovna your husband won't have a word to say to me remarked a sharp-faced little lady with a devil-may-care manner as though she cared nothing for anybody and was not to be abashed under any circumstances do ask him to be a little more courteous towards ladies i really don't know myself what can have happened to him to-day said maria alexandrovna interrupting her conversation with mrs antipova and natalia and laughing merrily he is so dreadfully uncommunicative he has scarcely said a word even to me all day why don't you answer felisata mikhailovna afanasy what did you ask him but but why mammy you told me yourself began the bewildered and lost afanasy 
At this moment he was standing at the fireside, with one hand placed inside his waistcoat, in an artistic position which he had chosen deliberately, on mature reflection, and he was sipping his tea. The questions of the ladies had so confused him that he was blushing like a girl. When he began the justification of himself recorded above, he suddenly met so dreadful a look in the eyes of his infuriated spouse that he nearly lost all consciousness for terror. Uncertain what to do, but anxious to recover himself and win back her favor once more, he said nothing, but took a gulp of tea to restore his scattered senses. Unfortunately, the tea was too hot, which fact, together with the hugeness of the gulp he took, quite upset him. He burned his throat, choked, sent the cup flying, and burst into such a fit of coughing that he was obliged to leave the room for a time, awakening universal astonishment by his conduct. In a word, Maria Alexandrovna saw clearly enough that her guests knew all about it, and had assembled with malicious intent. The situation was dangerous. They were quite capable of confusing and overwhelming the feeble-minded old prince before her very eyes. They might even carry him off bodily, after stirring up a quarrel between the old man and herself. Anything might happen. But fate had prepared her one more surprise. The door opened, and in came Moskaliakov, who, as she thought, was far enough away at his godfather's, and would not come near her to-night. She shuddered, as though something had hurt her. Moskaliakov stood a moment at the door, looking around at the company. He was a little bewildered, and could not conceal his agitation, which showed itself very clearly in his expression. "'Why, it's Paul Alexandrovitch, and you told us he had gone to his godfather's, Maria Alexandrovna. We were told you had hidden yourself away from us, Paul Alexandrovitch,' cried Natalia. "'Hidden myself,' said Paul, with a crooked sort of smile. "'What a strange expression! Excuse me, Natalia Dimitrievna.' but I never hide from any one. I have no cause to do so, that I know of. Nor do I ever hide any one else, he added, looking significantly at Maria Alexandrovna. Maria Alexandrovna trembled in her shoes. Surely this fool of a man is not up to anything disagreeable, she thought. No, no, that would be worse than anything. She looked curiously and anxiously into his eyes. Is it true, Paul Alexandrovitch, that you have just been politely dismissed? The government service, I mean, of course, remarked the daring Felisada Mikhailovna, looking impertinently into his eyes. Dismissed? How dismissed? I'm simply changing my department, that's all. I am to be placed at Petersburg, Miskelyakov answered dryly. Oh, well, I congratulate you continued the bold young woman. We were alarmed to hear that you were trying for a... a place down here at Mordasov. The berths here are wretched, Paul Alexandrovitch. No good at all, I assure you. I don't know. There's a place as teacher at the school. Vacant, I believe, remarked Natalia. This was such a crude and palpable insinuation that even Mrs. Antipova was ashamed of her friend and kicked her under the table. You don't suppose Paul Alexandrovitch would accept the place vacated by a wretched little schoolmaster, said Felisada Mikhailovna. 
But Paul did not answer. He turned at this moment, and encountered Afanasy Mateyevitch, just returning into the room. The latter offered him his hand. Moskelyakov, like a fool, looked beyond poor Afanasy, and did not take his outstretched hand. Annoyed to the limits of endurance, he stepped up to Zina, and muttered, gazing angrily into her eyes, "'This is all thanks to you. Wait a bit. You shall see this very day whether I am a fool or not.' "'Why put off the revelation? It is clear enough already,' said Zina, aloud, staring contemptuously at her former lover. Moskelyakov hurriedly left her. He did not half like the loud tone she spoke in. "'Have you been to your godfathers?' asked Maria Alexandrovna at last, determined to sound matters in this direction. "'No, I have just been with uncle.' "'With your uncle? What? Have you just come from the prince now?' "'Oh, oh, and we were told the prince was asleep,' added Natalia Dimitrovna, looking daggers at Maria Alexandrovna. "'Do not be disturbed about the prince, Natalia Dimitrovna,' replied Paul. "'He is awake now, and quite restored to his senses. "'He was persuaded to drink a good deal too much wine, first at your house and then here, "'so that he quite lost his head, which never was too strong. "'However, I have had a talk with him, and he now seems to have entirely recovered his judgment, thank God. "'He is coming down directly to take his leave, Maria Alexandrovna.' and to thank you for all your kind hospitality. And to-morrow morning, early, we are off to the Hermitage. Then I shall myself see him safe home to Don Genovo, in order that he may be far from the temptation to further excesses like that of to-day. There I shall give him over into the hands of Stepaneda Matavena, who must be back at home by this time, and who will assuredly never allow him another opportunity of going on his travels. I'll answer for that. So saying, Moskelyakov stared angrily at Maria Alexandrovna. The latter sat still, apparently dumb with amazement. I regret to say, it gives me great pain to record it, that, perhaps for the first time in her life, my heroine was decidedly alarmed. So the prince is off to-morrow morning. Dear me, why is that? inquired Natalia. Dimitrievna, very sweetly, of Maria Alexandrovna. "'Yes, how is that?' asked Mrs. Antipova, in astonishment. "'Yes, dear me, how comes that, I wonder?' said two or three voices. "'How can that be? When we were told, dear me, how very strange!' But the mistress of the house could not find words to reply in. However, at this moment, the general attention was distracted by a most unwanted and eccentric episode. In the next room was heard a strange noise, sharp exclamations and hurrying feet, which was followed by the sudden appearance of Sofia Petrovna, the fidgety guest who had called upon Maria Alexandrovna in the morning. Sofia Petrovna was a very eccentric woman indeed, so much so that even the good people of Mordasov could not support her and had lately voted her out of society. I must observe that every evening, punctually at seven, Sledi was in the habit of having what she called a snack, and that after this snack, which she declared was for the benefit of her liver, her condition was well emancipated, to use no stronger term. 
she was in this very condition as described now as she appeared flinging herself into maria alexandrovna's salon oh ho so this is how you treat me maria alexandrovna she shouted at the top of her voice oh don't be afraid i shall not inflict myself upon you for more than a minute i won't sit down i just came in to see if what they said was true ah so you go in for balls and receptions and parties and sophia petrovna is to sit at home alone in its stockings is she you ask the whole town in and leave me out do you yes and i was monage and dear and all the rest of it when i came in to warn you of natalia dimitrievna having got hold of the prince and now this very natalia dimitrievna whom you swore at like a pickpocket and who was just about as polite when she spoke of you is here among your guests oh don't mind me natalia dimitrievna i don't want your chocolat a laissant at a penny the ounce six cups to the ounce thanks i can do better at home a good deal better evidently observed natalia dimitrievna but goodness gracious sophia petrovna cried the hostess flushing with annoyance what is it all about do show a little common sense oh don't bother about me maria alexandrovna thank you i know all about it oh dear me yes i know all about it cried sophia petrovna in her shrill squeaky voice from among the crowd of guests who now surrounded her and who seemed to derive immense satisfaction from this unexpected scene oh yes i know all about it i assure you your friend nastasia came over and told me all you got hold of the old prince made him drunk and persuaded him to make an offer of marriage to your daughter zina whom nobody else will marry and i dare say you suppose you are going to be a very great lady indeed a sort of duchess in lace and jewellery <laughs> don't flatter yourself you may not be aware that i too am a colonel's lady and if you don't care to ask me to your betrothal parties you needn't i scorn and despise you and your parties too i have seen honester women than you you know i have dined at countess zachilovsky's a chief commissioner's proposal for my hand a lot i care for your invitations <laughs> look here sophia petrovna said maria alexandrovna beside herself with rage i assure you that people do not indulge in this sort of sally at respectable houses especially in the condition you are now in and let me tell you if you do not immediately relieve me of your presence and eloquence i shall be obliged to take the matter into my own hands oh i know you'll get your people to turn me out don't trouble yourself i know the way out good-bye marry your daughter to whom you please for all i care and as for you natalia dimitrievna i will thank you not to laugh at me i may not have been asked here but at all events I did not dance a can-can for the prince's benefit. What may you be laughing at, Mrs. Antipova? I suppose you haven't heard that your great friend, Lushilioff, has broken his leg. He has just been taken home. <laughs> Good-bye, Maria Alexandrovna. Good luck to you. <laughs> Sophia Petrovna now disappeared. All the guests laughed. Maria Alexandrovna was in a state of indescribable fury i think the good lady must have been drinking said natalia dimitrievna sweetly 
but what audacity well abominable femme what a raving lunatic but really what excessively improper thing she says yes but what could she have meant by a betrothal party what sort of a betrothal party is this asked felisata michaelovna innocently it is too bad too bad maria alexandrovna burst out at last it is just such abominable women as this that so nonsensical rumours about it is not the fact that there are such women about felisata michaelovna that is so surprising the astonishing part of the matter is that ladies can be found who support and encourage them and believe their abominable tales and the prince the prince cried all the guests at once oh oh here he is the dear dear prince well thank goodness we shall hear all the particulars now murmured felisata michaelovna to her neighbour End of chapter 12 Recording by Greg Giordano Newport Ritchie, Florida